Well, did you hear about the six-year-old? She sat down at the kitchen table. She began to ferociously draw a picture. And as she's drawing a picture, her mom, who's walking by, catches the the depiction and the image going by. And she says, well, honey, what are you drawing? And and she says, well, mom, I'm drawing God. And she kind of gulps, the mom does. And she says, well, honey, we don't know what God looks like. You can't draw God. And the little girl goes, well, we do now. If someone were to ask you today, if they were to ask you to describe God with words, what would you say? Just what is God like? How loving is he? Well, we learned about that a little bit in our study of Hosea. But how just is he? How holy is he? How powerful is he? What is God like? We hear his name all the time, don't we? I hear him mentioned every single day of the week. But what exactly and who exactly is God? Friends, I just want to give you a disclaimer as we begin a new preaching series today. It's called Stronger. As we begin a new series that I have been praying and I'm I'm very excited about, that I would encourage you to invite friends and neighbors and coworkers along in this journey. I just want to give you a disclaimer. There are so many things I cannot understand and comprehend about God. For instance, I cannot understand his eternal nature. The psalmist would say this in Psalm 90, he said to God, Before the mountains were born, or you gave birth to the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. And here's why I I can't understand him or comprehend him. It's because I had a beginning. You know, my mom and my dad, they meet, they they fall in love, they get married, and very quickly, uh, surprise, she's pregnant. Just a few months later, Ray Green comes into existence. The Bible says very clearly that God is from everlasting to everlasting. It's hard enough for me to comprehend a life that has no end, a life of eternity. Did you know that you're an eternal being? Did you know that? You may die physically, but your spirit will live on eternally. It's hard enough for us to grasp that, but to grasp life before There was no beginning, everlasting to everlasting. This is God. But this is exactly why, though, I believe in God. See, scientists will try to prove with the Big Bang Theory of the, really, the creation of the world. But I ask the question, who who created the gases? Who created the the molecules? Who created all of the things that brought that supposed big bang into fruition? What's the explanation of original cause? See, the friends, the only explanation that satisfies the problem of original cause for me is an eternal being who is there from everlasting to everlasting. He's non-created. But friends, I can't comprehend it, to be quite honest with you. Here's another one I can't comprehend. I cannot comprehend the Holy Trinity. Maybe you've heard this before. I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. How many of you have ever heard that in your lifetime? Yeah, many of you have. We love to baptize people here at Graceland. I mean, actually, our name is Graceland Baptist Church, okay? So we like to participate in that. And we love to see people go public in their faith of Christ. If you've never been baptized, we'd love to talk to you about it. We'd love to walk you through that journey. We're going to be baptizing a, a number of people in the coming weeks and months to come. We're excited about that. Or maybe you've sung the old hymn, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. God in three persons, blessed Trinity, right? 
Or maybe you've heard or sung the old song by Don McLean. The three men I admire most, the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. They took the first train to the coast the day the music died. And they were singing, bye-bye, Miss American. Drove my Chevy to the... Hey, you guys are pretty good. Pretty hip church or outdated. I don't know which one. <laughs> but, but the Bible, it teaches so clearly that, that God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit, they're all one. And I've heard all these different analogies to help wrap our brain around it, like Neapolitan ice cream. You've got chocolate as God the Father. You've got vanilla, God the Son. And you've got strawberry for God the Holy Spirit. And then you put them all in one bowl and you have three distinct flavors but one. But I'm not going to use a silly analogy, even though I would use ice cream as the best analogy, okay? I, I'm not going to use a silly analogy to describe the omniscient, ever-present, all-powerful, Trinitarian God. You see, that His complexity is perplexing to me. I cannot understand it. But there's one other thing that I really don't understand, is that why he's so interested in me. You see, I, I know me. I know me. I know what I've done. I know my, my failures. I know what I've seen happen. I know my, all of my miseries. My wife and I just got married. We just got back from our honeymoon. We, we started new jobs. We're so excited about life. We just bought a house. And we poured thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars into this house. We basically gutted the house. We renovated it. Very small little first house. We loved it. And we thought the future is bright. The housing market looks so good. And just a few years later, the housing market and the recession hit. And we not only lost every penny that we'd put into that house, but we lost money on that house. We had to bring thousands of dollars to the table just to get out from underneath that house. Maybe you experienced the same thing. But in the middle of that, if I'm going to be honest with you, I had a thought, can the God who made the universe make a way for me in my universe right now? And friends, I'm happy to say uh, 10 years have come and gone, and, and, and I'm amazed at the God who is stronger than in my circumstances. He's stronger for me. He made a way for me. And today I'm, I'm here to share with you that you, you may be going through something in your life, a circumstance. You may be dealing with a burden. You, you may be carrying something too heavy. You may be asking the same questions that I was asking. Can he make a way when there seems to be no other way? Is he stronger than my disappointment? Is he stronger than my hurt? Is he stronger? And this is the question that we're going to look at over the next four weekends that I'm excited about. But today, in, in just my few minutes that I have with you, I want to share three things that I believe that I've experienced as I followed Jesus Christ in my journey. So we're going to be in Psalm chapter 147, if you'd like to follow along with me. We're going to use this as a springboard this morning. I'm going to be throughout the Bible, but this will be kind of a springboard as we move along. In Psalm 147, 4 and 5, we read words that scholars believe that were written when the walls in Nehemiah's time, were rededicated. The Levites were called into the city to help them celebrate the dedication of a new day, and the exiles from Babylon had come home. It was a great day to celebrate who God was and, and what he had done and, and how he was stronger than their circumstances. And so the psalmist begins and he writes, and if you want, let's just read all of this out together. Ready? 
He determines the number of the stars and calls them each by name. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding has no limit. If you want to underline anything, if you want to memorize anything, I would underline, memorize, his understanding has no limit. The psalmist reflects and he says, yeah, God's understanding, God's stronger than anything else. The psalmist says, you know, the myriad of stars, he knows them by name, he created them. He can exact them one by one by one. But here's the thing that I've learned about the God who can make a way when there's no other way. Number one, that he understands my circumstances. That he understands my circumstances. That in your circumstances of life, you may feel like that no one else comprehends what you're going through. My friends, the burden that you bear is understood by this God. And you may know this. You may have heard this theological term. But theology really isn't understood until it becomes personal. See, that God is omniscient. He has perfect knowledge of all things. You can't throw God a surprise party because he already knows. You don't need to remind him about the future or warn him about the future because he already knows the future. No matter how much knowledge that you and I gain, it doesn't compare to God. Why? Because he knows everything. He understands our circumstances. Every mystery that has come into being, he fully grasps. He, he knows geology. He knows kinesiology. He knows anthropology. He knows psychology. He knows theology. For you barbers, he knows cosmetology. Okay, he knows and he understands your circumstances that you're going through right now in your life. But most importantly, he is stronger than your circumstances. I was in graduate school. I was broke. I had just dollars in my bank account, and I was worth more dead than alive. And the day had come where my my roommate and I had budgeted enough money to get cable, okay? And for two guys in their 20s who love sports, the day you get ESPN is a day uh, that will stand in infamy, okay? It is a great day. And the day had come, I had to jump through one hoop, and that was I had to pass the background test for, for the cable company. And so they run my name, they run my social security number, and they say, Mr. Green, we cannot do it. Your credit is bad. And I said, what? I, I've never d- been delinquent on one bill in my entire life. And they're like, well, you have to take that up with the credit card, the credit company. So I run the, my credit score, and lo and behold, I owe the IRS 200 plus thousand dollars. Now, I had not made $200,000 plus in my entire life, let alone owing them that much to the government. They had gotten my name switched up with somebody else's name. And after a long story, I'll shorten it for you, all that was rectified and my record was cleared. And thank the Lord, I, I stand here with good credit. I will say this, that I began to think there is someone on this earth walking around with the burden of that debt. But the God who is stronger, he knows, he understands that burden. That there are people in this community, there are people sitting right here, that you, that you, my friend, could be that person right now carrying around that burden. But that he is stronger in that circumstance, that the, there, when there seems to be no other way, he can make a way. He knows your physical needs. He knows your emotional needs. He knows your spiritual needs. He knows your financial needs. He knows your habits and your hang-ups and your hurts along the way. And before you can choke out the words 
He knows. And he understands. A wealthy grandfather was at the ear doctor. And the ear doctor fitted him for hearing aids. And the grandfather could hear so well for the first time in a long time. And the doctor said, I hope you enjoy those. So he goes home and he comes back for his month-long checkup. The doctor said, I'm sure that your family has thoroughly enjoyed your new hearing aids. He said, oh, doctor, I haven't even told them. I've just been listening to their conversation. And let me tell you, I've changed my will four times now. But, but friends, I think we're like that family. I think that we live this life, we go through our day and we don't realize who's listening, who understands that the omniscient God, he knows your circumstances, that he is stronger than your circumstances, and he is walking alongside of you. Here's how much he knows you. In the Psalm 56, 8, it says this, Record my misery, list my tears on your scroll. Are they not in your record See, the image here is that every tear that has been shed, how many of you have shed a tear in your life? Raise your hand. Yeah, everybody. Every tear that has been shed has been numbered by God. And that every soul-wrenching emotion that we have, every burden that is carried, he knows the very depth through his understanding and his vastness what we're carrying along, what we're going through. You see, you may say, you know what? Nobody knows the horrible things that I'm going through. You're wrong, friend. God knows. You, you may say, you know what, nobody knows the struggle that I'm encountering financially or relationally or just the, the thoughts in my head. God knows. You may say, you know what, nobody knows the depression and the fear that I'm going through. God knows. See, friends, God knows your circumstances. The, the Bible says that he knows the hair on your head or maybe there's a lack thereof, so maybe the freckles. I don't know. But he knows and he understands. But not only does he understand, but he's with you in your circumstance. That right now in this place, there is a great and sovereign and mighty God. He is with you. And maybe you know this, but you don't know this. A theological word for this is the word that God is omnipresent. Have you ever heard God described in this manner? God describes himself this way in Scripture. Look at it with me in Jeremiah chapter 23, 23 and 24. He says, Am I a God who is near, declares the Lord, and not a God far off? Can a man hide himself in hiding places? So I do not see him. Do I not fill the heavens and the earth? See, he is everywhere in heaven and all over the earth, all at the same time. That's why the psalmist would ask in 139, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. So you, maybe we ask the question, so does that mean, does that mean that like there's a little bit piece of me in Floyd County, or there's a little piece of God with me in Floyd County, and then there's a little piece of God with those in Oklahoma, and there's a little bit of, of, of God of those in Iraq and Australia. No, no, no. His presence is fully with every single person at all time in the entire world. He's omnipresent. That's what it means. And that his essence is completely everywhere. It's mind-blowing, isn't it? 
There's many implications to this, but here's the implication that I draw this morning, that in the middle of your circumstances, whatever you are going through, he is with you. He is with Ray Green. You know, this last week, someone that I know just lost a loved one. And it's so sad. And you know what they're going to need today and tomorrow and the next month and the next year and the next whatever is in front of them? They're going to need what every single one of us is going to need, and that is a companion. That's why Jesus said in the book of John, verse 16 and 17 of the 14th chapter, he said, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may be with you forever. That is the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he abides with you and will be with you. I'm going to say something right now that some of you may balk at, some of you may never thought about before, it may shock you, but here's what I'm going to say. That if Jesus were on this earth right now, many of us would live miserable, horrible lives. And here's why. Because when God steps foot on this earth as he did back then, many thousand years ago, he limited himself and his deity. He was fully God, my friend, but he limited himself to time and space. And when he did so, he was not able to be in St. Louis, in Iraq, and now what is modern-day Australia and all these other places. He limited himself. The Bible speaks of it in in Philippians chapter 2, verse 7. It says, But he emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of man. And, And that word emptied, you know, poured out, in the Greek, it's, it's this understanding of the kenosis. And the kenosis is that God fully obtained his full essence, but yet he poured himself out in the fact that he was still fully God and fully man, and he was restricted in capacity because of that to earth. And so the problem is, is that if I wanted him here in the flesh in Floyd County, he couldn't be there in Oklahoma. And we need him right now with us all the time. At least I would. And so Jesus knows this and he says, I'm going to ascend. And I'm sending you a counselor. I'm sending you a companion. I'm sending you a strength. And it's the Holy Spirit. So many people tell me, you know, Ray, my prayers feel like they're just hitting the ceiling. And I'm like, well, that doesn't matter. You know why? Because God's with you there. They don't have to go up. Even the old country songs, right? They always talk about the man upstairs. That he, he's with us in this very place. See, friends, God is stronger. And that means that he is understanding of our circumstances, and he's also with our circumstances. But we, what we really need to comprehend and fully grasp this morning is this, that God can transform our circumstances. He can transform our circumstances. And friends, here's the thing that's standing in between you And God's power transforming your circumstances. It's good old-fashioned pride. You you may be here this morning, and maybe someone brought you along or whatever, and you may say, you know what, I don't need God. There's no way that I I need him. I, I got it on my own. Maybe you're like that guy who jumps off a bridge that's 50 feet tall, and on the way down, somebody asks him, how you doing? He says, oh, I'm just fine. But it takes hitting bottom to realize that we need, we need God. 
when we believe and understand that we need God, what we begin to understand and experience is the transformational power of a stronger God. Jeremiah, in the Bible, the prophet, he learned this. In Jeremiah chapter 32, he said, O sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and earth by your great power. Nothing is too hard for you. There is nothing that is too big for God. That he is omnipotent and he sees all of our life. And even when there seems to be no way in our life, he can make a way in our life. He can transform those circumstances. And there's this old principle that has been referred to as power along the way. Say that verse with me, or that, that phrase. Power along the way. Say that one more time. Power along the way. Here's what power along the way is. It's that every single step we take, God gives us the power to take it. Here's what that entails. You see, so many times we want power before the crisis. We want power before the storm. But that's not the way so many times God works. What God does is he gives you power along the way in the storm. We've seen it so many times, haven't we? If you recall in the Old Testament, in the book of Exodus, you've got the people of Israel, and their backs are at the Red Sea. They'd followed this cloud all the way to the Red Sea, and now the armies are upon them. And from what they can gather, it's going to be good old-fashioned slaughter. And so they dial up Moses 911, and they say, Moses, hello. And he says, look, don't panic. I just heard from God. And what he wants us to do, friends, is he wants us to day by day, step by step, encounter his power along the way. And many of you know the story, right? The story is is that Moses takes one step and whoosh, the walls of water are, are made and power along the way is presented. And this is what God wants to do and how he wants to, cer- to transform our circumstances. Do you see how it works? It, it takes admitting that, that you can't do it, that I can't do it, that, that we, we are outside of really our ability. And step by step, day by day, we begin to understand that God makes a way and that we find ourselves on the other riverbank because he has given us power along the way. So, so maybe today, right here in this place, right now, What you're experiencing is a relational breakdown. There's somebody in your life that relationally, that you you know there's a struggle with. I want to ask you this question right now in this place. Would you be able to take a step and experience a transformational, stronger than power of God? You may say, Ray, look, you don't understand. I've tried. And I've fallen. And I've failed. I can't say it. I can't do it. I can't approach it. There's just no way. And let me tell you, that is a great place to start, admitting that you you can't do it. But the power along the the way principle says that, hey, you just start walking in the direction of reconciliation. And as you walk, God will give you the power along the way if you ask him. Maybe it's just after dinner, getting up and moving one step towards that family member. Or maybe it's pulling the cell phone out of your pocket and begin to dial the number. You probably don't have the, me- the number memorized, do you? You probably had to pull it up on your <laughs> contact. Or, or maybe it involves going to the neighbor, just taking that step. Or maybe it involves moving towards that cubicle. Or maybe it involves taking that pen and that paper out. 
I don't know what it is, but as you do it, the God who is stronger will bring power along the way. And what I believe what will happen is you'll experience the same stronger than God that the, the history of saints have experienced, that he will cr- help you cross over in your life. And the walls that have been destroyed will be rebuilt. And as they said in Psalm 147, he is, 147 look, he, his understanding it has no limit. He is a stronger than God. Look what we just did. No one ever thought those walls would ever be built again. And look what just happened before their very eyes. He gives us power along the way. Or maybe some of you today, you you find yourself ensnared by sin. And it's secret. Nobody knows. Look, look, you're not the only one, okay? Okay. I've been ensnared by secret sins in the past. And, and how you feel when you're ensnared by secret sin is this. You feel shamed. You feel like you can't get out from under it. You feel like it's hopeless. And you feel like you just want to hide. But maybe today what it looks like for you to get out from underneath that secret sin is for you to take one step and experience the power along the way in your life. And maybe it looks like just calling that friend up and saying, look, I've been living this life too long. I need to tell you about it. And even though you don't know how you're going to cross the finish line, you just need to start the race. Or maybe today in your life, you just need to take a step towards home today and you need to go home and you need to go into that closet or you need to go out from, get out from underneath that bed and maybe it's a DVD or maybe it's the internet or maybe it's a bottle of Jack or maybe it's a drug or maybe it's this or that that has been tripping you up and you don't know how you can stop. Maybe it's just simply taking that thing and removing it. Just taking one step and experience the power along the way. Or maybe today, in this place, it's a relationship. And for many days now, you've been experiencing it. And what I mean by that is is that some of you need to just pack your bags today, and you need to move out of the house that you've been living in with someone else. That, That you have been living with someone who is not your spouse and you're in a relationship that you know is not right, you know deep down inside is not correct and not God's best, but you don't know how to take the step to move out. And you're bound by it. But let me, friend, let me just tell you, friend, here's the deal. You don't know how to, you don't know how, you don't need to know how to cross the finish line. All you need to do is you need to just pack the first thing. Just power along the way that God will begin to give you. And if you're able to do that and you're able to step outside of that improper relationship, what will begin to happen is you'll lay your head down at the end of the night and you'll sleep with perfect peace. Knowing that now you're living within the purity that, and the clean conscience that God is asking you to make. Or maybe you hear Carmen or earlier share about the Invite Five at Easter, and you smirked, and you thought, I don't know five people to invite. And second of all, I hate talking to strangers, or I hate stepping out on a limb. I hate taking that step of faith. There's no way somebody would ever 
come with me to an Easter service at Graceland. But power along the way says, look, you don't need to know how you're going to cross the finish line. You just need to know how to get started. Power along the way would just say, you know what, I'm just going to initiate the conversation. I'm just going to move toward that person. I'm just going to begin to pray to ask God to give me the words to say. And as you open your mouth, as I've discovered so many times, the words just become to f- begin to flow. You know, we're in a season right now, t- until Easter, called Lent. And Lent it's just an early church tradition. Let me boil it down for you. In the Latin, okay, what it talks about is preparing our heart. It's a penitent season in a person's life to prepare ourselves for Easter. There's nothing more than that to it. And what I would look for in this community, as a people, could we come together and we say, you know what, as we prepare ourselves to celebrate the risen Savior the only man in existence to ever do so, to literally raise himself from the grave, could we in a penitent manner come to the point where we find ourselves completely powerless and to say, God, I repent, I come home for not fully seeing you as stronger. And in this moment now, God, I ask for your power along the way. God, I'm so very sorry for the way I have treated you. God, I'm just going to be honest with you. There are moments in my days where I don't feel like that God's stronger. But I find myself stepping into this principle, the God who is stronger than, and asking, God, will you show yourself faithful to me? Will you show yourself stronger to me? God, will you give me power along the way? I can't tell you how many times, friends, I've been sitting in that seat right there next to that beautiful woman who's my wife, And I said, you know what, I can't get up on that stage. I don't have anything good to say. I don't feel good. I don't want to do it. I can't do it. And somewhere between that seat and this stage, God gives me power along the way as I take each step in faith. And I'll be quite honest with you. If if God can use a man like this, he can use you. The Apostle Paul, he says it in Philippians, he says, For God is at work within you, giving you the will and the power to achieve his purpose. I was with a guy just this last week, and he was sharing with me the, the, the wall that was broken in his life. And he said, Ray, how can I ever rebuild this wall? And I looked at him in the face, and I said, you know what? Power along the way, my friend. It's brick by brick. It's step by step. That's what he'll give you. He won't give you the whole thing. He didn't tell Noah the whole he said, Noah, I just want you to begin to build a boat, didn't he? And step by step, he gave Noah the opportunity. So God is stronger, friend. He, he understands your circumstances, that he is with you in your circumstances, and he can transform your circumstances. So this morning, wherever you are, no matter who you are, he is stronger than in your life. And I cannot wait to preach about this God for the next several weeks, but Most importantly, I want you to encounter him. I don't want you just to hear about him. I want you to fully encounter him. And and the musicians are going to sing a song in just a few moments. And the song is entitled Stronger. And I don't know if you know the song or not. And and to be honest with you, if you don't, you can just watermelon it silently. Like I know you do a lot of times, okay? But before we do, I want to just help us all 
practice this truth, okay? So when I point to you, I want you to say he is stronger, okay? Let's practice. Uh, that was okay. Let's try that again. Ready? The Bible talks about that he is stronger, and I'm going to read right out of Scripture, and as I finish, I want you to say that. In Isaiah 55, 8, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways. In John, Jesus said, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. Deuteronomy says, For the Lord your God is a God of gods and the Lord of lords, the great God, mighty and awesome. See, Jeremiah says, No one is like you, O Lord. You are great and your name is mighty in power. Hebrews says this shows that God's Son is far greater than the angels, just as the name God gave him is far greater than their names. Isaiah says he gives strength to the weary, and to him who lacks might, he increases power. Isaiah says for those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not grow weary. That's right. Psalm 46 one says, God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. He is stronger. First John says, you are from God, little children, and have overcome them because what? Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Ephesians 3.20 says, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or imagine, he is what? He is stronger. He is stronger. He is stronger. He is stronger. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Do you believe that, church? That he is stronger than the angels, than the gods that we have made. He is stronger than your circumstances. And this morning, whatever you're going through, he can transform them. And he can make a new way when there is no other way. Would you stand with me? And maybe this morning, you need power along the way to make that move. And what that may look like is that it's a marriage in desperate need, and you need him to transform it. Would you pray, God, would you, would you give me power along the way to make my way down here to seek out help? There's going to be people to my left and to my right that would love to pray with you. Maybe it's an addiction, and you need to ask God to give you power along the way to make your way out of your seat and to come forward and to ask God to transform your circumstance. And if it's just for you to pray on these steps silently or for you to seek help with prayer counselors to my left and my right with badges, I ask, I pray for you that God would make a way to give you power to move forward, to take that step, to experience a God who is stronger. My friend, it's time to cast our pride aside, to, to ask God for the strength he can give and to ask him to give power along the way today. Or maybe today it's just to celebrate the God who is stronger than communion. If you're a Christian, if you're a Christ follower today, if you're, your life has been transformed by the grace and mercy of the trust of a Savior, and we can participate in communion all throughout this building. But today, my friend, is the day where we get to step into a God and lean upon a God who is stronger. Let's respond and let's sing to this great and strong God.